Hello and welcome to the Ford Unto Dawn podcast, the show about the lore and universe of the Halo franchise. This is episode number 48. I'm David and I'm joined by my usual co-host, Danny. Idly holy. Uh, so in case you have been living under a rock, the Halo TV series is finally here. It premiered on March 24th, 2022, and its nine-episode run will conclude in May. We've already got a second season. Um, it's supposed to be coming. Uh, and we're going to do a proper talk about the series once it wraps up. But uh, three episodes in, I was interested in talking about what we've seen thus far. Uh, and, you know, to offer a different perspective than the guys who have spent more than a decade running a Halo lore <laughs> site, though. Uh, we have, I've recruited my friend Ashley. Hello. Hi, I'm Ashley. Well, why don't you uh, clue us into your, your Halo knowledge, your background? So, I would say I am kind of a casual gamer. Used to be more of a serious gamer. Um, but... I am not as familiar with, uh, with Halo as David and Danny here. I've played all of Halo 1, um, a little bit of Halo 3, a little bit of Halo 4, and all of ODST, um, and I own 5. So, again... <laughs> you have not played it, but you own it. I you own, own it, it. You own but it. I yeah. did play all of 1. I'm very proud of that because the flood is f***ing scary. You probably have to bleep that out, but the flood is very scary. Um... And I'm a coward when it comes to playing games, and that is probably the only reason why I didn't continue. But I do like the series. I have read up a lot on the lore and the Wikipedia page, which I'm sure you guys have edited, so I've probably read some of your stuff. Oh. And Quintana's awesome. The, I've written the Hello stuff on Wikipedia. I don't touch Halopedia, though. Those people are, are true nerds. I can't touch them. Says the nerd. All right, so yeah. I, I do. That explains the fact that you have you own Halo 5, but I've not played it, explains as we are watching the third episode, she made a stray comment of like, why is Chief seem so emo? He wasn't like this in the games. Like, oh, just you wait. <laughs> just you wait. Yeah, Halo 4 cutscene Sizzler. Yeah. So I guess we don't, we should start. So three episodes in, so a third of the way. Um it's in I think actually these episodes are good in that they there's a lot a nice blend between all of them. Some are much more character focused. Some are moving things forward. Some are setting up the setting up the uh, the stakes of everything. Uh, what? I'll start with you, Danny. What are your opinions thus far with it? Well, the thing is, I was very um, I was unsure what to expect going in because I know TG Wolfkill and the team were very adamant about establishing the. The, the TV show away from the games as, as having their own continuality and, and trying to appeal to a, a broader audience. And that's usually internet hot speak for it's going to piss off people on the internet, essentially. <laughs> and it definitely did that. It definitely did that. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think holding it by those standards would be in any way fair. Like, I, I've had my own experience with, with Elm, the, my wife I'm watching it with. And to be honest, I've, I've enjoyed it for what it is. And I, I felt it a lot healthier to ignore what the internet's going on saying and just in taking every episode as it is because there's something substantial there, which I think is worthy of our time and discussion here on a podcast than what the internet would give credit for. All right. And Ashley? It's a little bit unexpected because I thought it was going to follow more the um, video game storyline. I didn't do a lot of reading beforehand. I just saw like, ooh, live action Halo. This is going to be cool. They introduce a lot of new characters and you see a lot of yeah character development that I didn't see in the game. And 
I'm definitely intrigued and I want to keep watching, but it was different than what I thought it would be going in. Because this has been in development hell forever. So there were years of, of, oh, things might change. And then they had casting news and everyone's like, oh my God, they made Captain Keys a black man. Oh God. Although I, I do have to say every time I, I see him, he's, he seems like a totally fine actor, but I, I just expect him to like start saying Sergeant Johnson things because he's got like the beard and everything. He just like, do it. But diversity is very important. That I really, I really appreciate that. To be fair, I, I don't think where we're at in the episode count is enough to say uh, or even give judgment on where Captain Keys in the show will end up being because we've barely got a glimpse of him. It's not really fair to say oh, he's good or bad. He's like, he's there. That's that's all we can say. Well, and, and definitely, uh, I mean, they are not. I'm guessing based on where we're going with these episodes where they set up, oh, we're going to find this artifact that will lead to the ring, a halo. It almost seems like maybe the second season is where they get more into game content of like the halo and all that stuff and Master Chief blowing up aliens with Cortana. I, I might be preempting things at this early in the discussion to say that I expect the season finale to be, oh, there's halo, you know? I mean, that, that seems, seems at this point, I would say that's a, a pretty safe bet. But yeah, it's so Ashley, since you do not have it, like they are drawing on a lot of I mean, because there's thirty something books now, Halo novels. Oh jeez, you make me feel old when you say that like that. Holy fuck. Thirty something Halo novels. Yeah, I should actually I should share you. There's this um I think someone for Polygon before Halo Infinite came out did this hilarious like speed run through all of them. And it was and it was funny. And he's like at the end, he's like, "I am now the master chief of sadness because I have all this lore knowledge, and no one wants to talk about deep Halo lore with me. I'm just I'm isolated and alone." So they're they're drawing a lot from that, and it's definitely so. Yeah, after years of like, all right, well, they seem to be changing things. They're changing cast. Like, who, who's the people? Um, like they specifically had the big thing that everyone freaked out with. I mean, Black Keys is one thing, but child raised by the covenant uh really i think was what yeah that was strange yeah maki and but i do actually think right now she is one of the characters i find the most interesting because i'm not entirely sure i feel like the what we set up with these these three episodes is okay chief discovers rediscovers his humanity cortana is can we trust her but Ultimately, yes, we're going to trust Cortana. They're not going to make Cortana evil again. Um, oh, sorry, spoilers for Halo Five. It might take five seasons. Okay, let's just put that out there. Oh well, yeah. I mean, in an infinite time scale, everything. I've read enough spoilers to know that yes, Cortana becomes evil and would like to like have peace among the planets in a very oppressive way. So, okay, I got that. I got that far. <laughs> okay, just checking. But it is it is interesting. I think. Because I don't, I feel like the obvious thing, if you you told me that character is, oh, she's going to discover her humanity and, and turn against the Covenant. But right now, I don't think they've actually, they haven't, I think, really telegraphed that um, heavily, that that's, that's where it's going to go. Like, I could see her just becoming more of an antagonist um, because she's cheaper than a bunch of prophets being on screen all the time. Um, but they look they look great though. I think the, the breadcrumb I think they're putting some breadcrumbs there. There's definitely a hint of potential like you know, the, the turning their their back on something they're they're clearly not 
going to do, but there's, there's definitely breadcrumbs there to suggest like further on down the line things might happen in that direction. So you're not reading into nothing, is what I'm saying for sure. Yeah, and then uh, you know, there at this point, I feel like a lot of the deviations. I do kind of wonder why they did them, um, because obviously it's it's you got to adapt things, and I I understand why. I I do think just saying, all right, this is a completely different timeline. Things might be the same or they might be different and don't worry about it was probably the best option. Uh, Do the MCU style thing. To to make it clear, to make it clear uh, for our regular listeners, um, this is silver timeline, like all 10 of them. But um, in terms of video games, like they've separated what we're doing right now, what we're talking about is the silver timeline. And that's a very important distinction to clarify. It's not any of our expectations mean nothing. You know what I mean? Silver timeline is it is what it is and how you view it each week. Like whatever expectations yeah. you bring into it, it's your own fault, you know? So And it's it's I get where people got upset because until this point everything was canon and especially under three four three, like this thing from that web alternate reality game from two thousand four, let's make that canon too. Um and we see that We'll have to talk about it later when the uh, new Halo Encyclopedia comes out. But people have been posting screenshots, and it's like, all right, every little scrap, even this concept art this guy drew that one time that everyone liked, now that's canon too. <laughs> uh, so they've always been really inclusive, and this is the the first heartbreak, even though it's super common, obviously, with all the Marvel movies and things. So it's in terms of heartbreak, are you talking about the inclusion of this the blessed one character and Quan, the Asian woman with the very tragic haircut. Yes, well, there's, there's. <laughs> we, looked, we looked up her IMDb afterwards. She is actually very attractive and a I'm, wonderful actress, but man, people did her dirty. Her hair. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. That, that's why. That's why she absolutely. wanted to get off magical so so soon because all those kids had dire hairstyles. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of the women had pretty bad hairstyles oh, yeah. miranda yeah, keys were. looks like she has an octopus kind of <laughs> clung cl- like clinging to the back of her head and then the wife um looked like one of the hunger game hosts oh yeah yeah uh, soren's <laughs> soren's wife we're saying she's just gonna like go off and and read oh, the next yeah. no, can we make a special effort not to mention that character because that one character can remove me from a lot of everything else that was going wrong because yeah it, she does kind of feel like she's in a different show it was it's i'm not entirely sure where they're gonna go with her um well i guess so starting sort of running through it um like you said kwan definitely a new character um it's interesting that she's not really being used as my assumption would be she oh she's going to be the like point of view character where we learn all this stuff and they haven't really used her that way that's kind of what i expect again this is my bias from knowing that there is an established universe there is an established expectation and i was expecting that to be the entry point for new viewers new viewers you know, watch this character this character will basically harry kim all the explanations you need to explain things and that's kind of not been what the character has been on the show and I don't think it's necessarily bad because I think they, they pretty much the first episode does a good job of setting up. All right. Aliens, humans. Uh, and I guess I wasn't actually expecting them to do as much with um, the insurrectionists and like civilian politics and stuff. But they they seem to be. All right. We're going to spend some time on Madrigal. We're going to deal with whatever that slimy dude 
who's in all those movies. See, uh, so as a as the, a, like, the most British British guy who's always an evil dude. Yeah, yeah, he, he was on the Expanse doing the same thing like a, a few few months ago. So yeah, absolutely, he's playing the type. But I wanted to ask actually in terms of like as a long term fan, this is actually expanding upon the insurrectionists and that area is actually being like mm-hmm. a long term sort of dream of me to see how to have that realized to have that fleshed out and i've always wondered how that comes across as as someone who doesn't have those expectations because the insurrections don't mean anything to the games and if you just know master chief as that video game character how does that how do the insurrections know that sort of boring human drama tie in to how you enjoy it like does that feel like halo to you honestly it doesn't really and that's why part that's partly why i, I was kind of shocked that the series was developed in this way because I never expected there to even be um, people against the UNSC. It seemed like everyone was gung-ho. It's like, oh, we're all in this together. We're great. And then they start to... Yeah, yeah, and they start showing that there are these rebels and, and they're not exactly living in a peaceful, happy place. It's like garbage planet garbage island yeah the, the 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 flashback too i'm not entirely sold on i guess they wanted to to really sell like why mckee beyond just being indoctrinated like oh she's dealt with with crappy humans but she did sort of just live on trash planet apparently so i can see why she was she was super happy when she went to a high charity and it's apple store uh aesthetic. it feels a bit more like pandering to the genius bar sort I of robot aesthetic grade or change their wardrobe and their stylists a lot of the <laughs> outfits are very tragic this is just coming from a very lay person <laughs> i think uh i think my favorite uh character outfit is definitely soren who just runs around with his chest plate on but also a trench coat which doesn't really work with wearing a giant suit of armor so he just kind of looks like he's constantly got a puffed up chest you know is soren an important character in the books or no so that's the and that's one of the i think that's probably one of the best examples of taking an interesting idea that would not have worked there was no way to do anything with that kind of character if you had stuck with main character main canon because soren shows up only in a single short story in a 2009 collection or 2010 uh, halo evolutions and he um it's called pariah i think and he is a spartan who washes out because he is he's not killed but he's got like a mutant hand yeah he ends up like with like an oversized hand and like, I don't know if he has a hunchback or whatever, but basically he's, he's physically disabled. Um, he can still like run around and do things, but uh, they, they specifically basically tell him you, you can't fight with them because you're just going to remind the other Spartans of all the people who died. So they just shove him off to do some minor thing. And he slowly um, develops uh, insurrectionist sympathy. So master chief did help him escape or give him five minutes or was no. that kind of that the, a new aspect the, that was the entire like master chief doesn't even feature really in the story so that entire um backstory is fabricated so they they really he's aside from a washed out spartan who joined the rebels there's like no real connection to those characters but it's an interesting sort of what if we took this idea of this this guy spartan who turned traitor and then expanded it um and he's just he's just a fun I like he's just seen like a really he's he's threatening death a lot to kids, which makes me think he's not a great dad. Um, 
but he's got a weird sense of humor that I really like. It, it, it makes more sense. The actor, um, what's the actor's name? I think it's Bokeem Woodbine. Bokeem, yeah, Woodbine. Which yeah. Is, I mean, that's a, that's a great name. It, yeah. First, first of all, his name is awesome. But actually, I think his portrayal of the character has let, has let me enjoy the character more than I would have done otherwise. Because, to be honest, I don't think the character is that interesting. But I think his portrayal elevates it a bit more. Like, his individual moments and scenes... I like mm-hmm. watching him on screen, is what I'm saying. I think he elevates the material. He has a presence. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I definitely, because like, yeah. yeah. I think I think the second episode, it had to like spend time on the characters, but it does move a lot slower. And the fact that he is able to like keep up the energy is why I was still like, all right, this is still enjoyable. That's fun. Um, well, speaking of the Spartans and the Spartan program, I feel like the show didn't really touch upon that. It's kind of just assumed that there are what? three or four Spartans with Master Chief being the leader. There's more. Um, I think there, yeah, there's so they, more, yeah. There are yeah, four, they, they, so... The number isn't... The number of surviving Spartans isn't the same as it is in the main canon, but there are more. But it's interesting that they are... So in in Halo 5, you meet Blue Team, which is sort of the the original. There's Kelly, Linda, and Fred, and those are like the the main Spartans other than Chief. And obviously they went in a different direction uh, with Kai and whatever the other one's names. I cannot remember because I, I don't remember Spartans. But I, I think in terms of TV show, Silver Team are like the heart of the Spartan team. Like the Spartan core in UNSC. Yeah, they're, they're, is... they're the good ones. Yeah. They're the best of the best. Yeah. Um, And I mean, we haven't gotten that much of them, but... Uh, Already, I feel like they still have slightly uh, more personalities that I can tell them apart uh, for Blue Team, which I always thought was an issue with them. It's also great that they take off their helmets. Oh, you, you like, wait, you like that they take off their helmets? I think it's interesting. I don't uh, necessarily like it. In terms of remembering who's who, I think it's vital that they take off their helmets at yeah. this point, you know? Because I couldn't tell them apart. Unless they took their helmets off, I put a face to the person. I don't think I would have remembered them otherwise. I think that uh, Master Chief has probably taken off his helmet a little more than it makes sense, um, and they like they have that moment of like, oh well, the, all the all the surveillance stuff is in the helmet, so if he takes it off, then that's why. Uh, obviously, it's just a main character. Uh, you you paid all that money for the guy; he's going to take off his helmet. But speaking of his helmet, I kind of didn't like how in the first episode we were getting POV shots as if we were Master Chief or looking through the visuals or in the game. I thought that was very weird, but they didn't bring that back in episode two or three. And I'm guessing... You didn't like that? You thought those were weird? I thought those were fun. I thought it was weird. I thought Wait, it was you, weird. Danny, you actually did like those? Uh, it's not that I liked them. I, I understood why they were doing it. It was obvious. First episode, pander to the fans, bring the fans in, link the fans into specific moments. I thought those helmet point of view shots were like the easy access point. You played the game... Recognize that moment. Recognize that feeling of playing that moment. And that was like an easy shortcut of bringing fans in. Was, I mean, Here's your moment. You're in. Good. You know? I think it sometimes worked for me. I mean, point of view shots have a purpose. I think some of it, like, all right, here he is actually, like, firing the gun. Like, it felt a little too, like, Doom video gamey. Uh, But, mm, if if anything, anything, it, yeah, they definitely are not. They're, it also probably... I think the, the, the graphics have been overall like great, like the effects. But there actually, is, like, actually, no, no, no. Now that you point that out, the one thing that took me out of the moment during the first couple of episodes was during those point of view shots, in particular the the very 
for visuals. There was one shot in particular where Master Chief threw his gun down. And I don't yeah, care the about gun the details. totally fake. I and I don't know. Yeah, the gun details don't matter. The visuals look terrible. Like, it looked like a very 90s CGI gun he was throwing down. And so. I just can't, I just don't understand, like, A, why you couldn't use a prop for that, or B, why you just didn't cut that shot. It's really odd. Um, but, I mean, overall, like, I think the the Covenant, the, I, I feel like I was talking with uh, our former co-host, Isaac, about the elites and that, especially with the the language that they've given them, they just really remind me of Imhotep from the, the 1999 Brendan Fraser mummy uh, and not in exactly a good way because they aren't supposed to be rotting dried flesh. That's uh, not the first protocol I would have went to mentally, but I, I, I can see it now. I can actually see that. Um, but the prophets especially, I think, and again, because they're actually shooting them in a weirdly bright area, they they look great. Um, so I, I'm curious. We've already they've already talked about the grunts and brutes have showed up. So I assume we're going to get them. Uh, the in this episode, episode three, uh, we finally get what I feel like almost is a hunter. Yeah, the the hunter. Seeing them, it's sort of like a a apology for Halo Nightfall, which was a 20 it came out to tie into halo 5 was it no, a top top down game no it's right. it's a it's live action and they go to a piece of the original halo ring that flew off somewhere because there's this element that kills people on it and they have to find it and break it down and they're attacked by a bunch of hunter worms except it's just kind of terrible if you, if you if you if you want a hook to if you want a hook to care about it, it was directed by Ridley Scott of Alien fame, so it has a very big name attached to it. Unfortunately, the quality doesn't match the name. And it's also they they spent all this money shooting in like rugged Iceland, and it mostly just looks like they spent all this time in a gravel pit, looking sweaty and angry at each other and yelling. It's it's not great. Uh, but in this, like no, the the worms look great, and uh, it's cool to see them do something that. Uh, you wouldn't get really get in a game it wouldn't fit yeah can i just say as a game player if that happened to me in game i would f- myself and turn the game off because that's not expectation for the game i don't like the worms i don't like worms. i also it didn't uh, until ashley mentioned it they i never really thought of the uh the hunter worms individual ones looking a lot like the goa wolves earthworms They're like gold with earthworms uh, yeah actually now you mentioned it yeah 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 the mouths the little mouth thing feature yeah that was the one of the one of the things where she was talking to the guy and the, the head of one of the worms was right beside her, right right beside them during the conversation mm-hmm. in a threatening manner. That actually makes all the sense. Yeah. And then she, she uh, Maki, kills the, the guy with a tiny nail energy blade, which is simultaneously ridiculous, and I love it. Like, why wouldn't you? Can I, can I just ask, as an outsider's perspective, actually, did you find any issue with that scene? Because I know the internet and Hill fans in particular felt that scene was controversial like that particular use of that item was particularly controversial did you pick her up little, on that her, her energy nail yeah yeah i thought that was strange because it kind of just came out of nowhere is it a nail polish is it you know like a tatch on nail that it it didn't really do anything for me it just seemed like it was a very random add-on yeah we'll we'll see if it's if it's chekhov's nail blade or something if it comes I bet I bet she will use it against Master Chief, and I bet that Master Chief and her are related in some way. Oh God, really? You're making that prediction? Holy hell! (laughs) I mean, why else do they both react to the weird 
artifact. Oh, see, yeah, that's that's something that because I know that apparently. Okay, I read I read the wikia this morning, but the Master Chief's <laughs> supposed to have the genes or something that. Oh, spoilers! Descended. Spoilers! Spoilers! You're reading ahead. You're watching ahead. That's spoilers. I'm I'm pretty I'm not sure. Watch ahead. I've been <laughs> well. So yeah, they they have all humans. They set up in the the books and the games that all humans are reclaimers, but then they they specify in the books. Um, the, specifically the foreigner trilogy which is kind of like it's like all the other books are basically military science fiction and this is like a weird hard sci-fi like asimov style thing where it's the foreigners it's a hundred thousand years ago and everything's weird uh and there they they have the concept of a gesh uh which is basically you get these commands like implanted in you and that's what lets those people uh react to foreigner technology is that is that your pronunciation? Because my pronunciation is different for the exact same. Word. Yeah, no, it's it's. <laughs> I have finally learned. Yes, it looks like gay ass or something like that. But it's get. It's well, no, it's apparently like Irish or something, Danny. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's gay ass, as far as I'm aware. The pronunciation. All right. Well, that's that's not how. Uh, Gay ass? I mean, I, it's one of those things I just try not to say because uh, I don't want to uh, do that, but. Either way, so that's. I mean, they're definitely, definitely playing with that. Um, yeah, but and here they that, have. That's so high concept. By the way, if you're playing the game, you press the button to shoot. That has nothing to do with such a high concept of like inherited memories via blood. You know what I mean? It's such a removal from the everyday expectations of Halo players. I'm surprised that they had any, um, any latitude to even like incorporate any sort. Of well, I think that's why they're they're not. They're probably not going to go into that, really. It's just all you need to know is that Chief is special, Maki is special, and maybe that's as much, especially for this season, that's as much as they leave it, just because it's easier to have it narrowed down on we only think these people seem to, even though obviously the UNSC would probably have everybody like taking a turns and touching the object. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, they kind of foreshadow that Master Chief's past memories makes him special too that oh yeah absolutely she, I, I i do yeah. think that's a thing yeah absolutely established there's something about and, chief and yeah. that's and that i guess is um an interesting departure because in the games they spend you're oh he, he had luck yes and Cortana they, they do lucky. that but he's also especially in the books they highlight he's not necessarily like he's not necessarily the best leader he's not the fastest that's kelly he's not the best he's quite player. literally the, the luckiest one he's not the best he's yeah. just the luckiest. that's the, yeah. that's his special skills but here they are sort of seeming to build him into he is not only the best spartan but they're building some sort of like kind of chosen uh thing into it like a chosen one motif yeah so it'll be it'll be curious to see and obviously i'm actually curious because uh it seems like so we get in this uh episode we get uh, Halsey's creepy flash clone, uh, which in the novels was basically, they were all just disembodied brains. Like they were not walking around. So she gets some time to come off as a really terrible person uh, in a way that she wasn't in them. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like from what we've seen, and they're obviously going to detail more about the Spartans because uh, they, they mention here that 
he was John was adopted. And I'm like, so did they just kill off his family and then like use the the disease as a cover? Can, can I ask actually? Because I have so much like uh, biases from the extended lore and materials, I kind of understand exactly the the story behind what Cortana is and what what the images on the screen sort of imply because of what we know. I wanted to ask actually, actually, what do you pick up on from those scenes with Cortana and Halsey and the clone? Like, what is is that obviously readable from how it's presented? That Cortana is Halsey's clone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when she was originally in the chair as a human being, it seemed like um, they looked the same. And then they, the, the clone was speaking as if she had the same memories. So it did make sense that they were yeah. clones of one another. That was very creepy, um, by the way. That conversation between Halsey and her clone, I yeah. felt like there's little moments where it's like she sh- the clone should not know these things. And there was like yeah, a t- that, I don't, that I don't understand either. I would imagine that they'd be like, who am I? What is this? But yeah, apparently like all of the memories of Halsey were imported into the, the clone. And, and interestingly enough that they, based on their talk, like this isn't current Halsey. It's Halsey from like 10 or 15 years earlier. She doesn't know about how the Spartans have done. So it's like the genetic material and the memories were collected a long, long time ago. Um, which is interesting, but yeah, uh, Halsey's kind of terrible. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like it's interesting that they've made her more monstrous here because she like raises her own clone and then, uh, you know, always great to have a needle to the eye. I'm not sure how that works with the brain, but you Actually, know, it's pretty d- terrible. David, I, I, despite the obviousness of the fact we watched Halsey do this to your clone, I wanted to ask, is Halsey being a bad person something that the show makes a point of making? Like, do you feel as if watching the first three episodes that Halsey really is this, this, I mean, this bad I think person? At this point, and you can disagree, Ashley, I feel like, because you, you, you thought like everyone's gung ho or whatever, and like we're all in this together. You don't know about the insurrectionists, uh, and you know, I mean, I guess you might have learned like, oh, where did Master Chi come? Well, he's just a child soldier, and you're like, hmm, that's concerning, and you move on because it's <laughs> shooting aliens. Uh, pretty much everyone uh, in the UNSC is treated as a bastard, uh, which I think at this point is one of those things that people got upset about because there are lots of people who think Halsey is terrible and people who think, Oh, she's totally justified, but everyone uh, is really bad in this. Usually it's the, they just have the, the office of Naval intelligence people like Parangoski. Those are the, the evil people. And then you have your good upstanding military people doing things. But aside from Miranda, everyone else is like, mm, yeah, sometimes you just got to kill a kid. It's tough. Yeah. Kind of like special call out to the creepy assistant, uh, Halsey's oh assistant my God. in the laboratory. I'm, I'm really curious where that one goes. Uh, if he's going to like, I don't know, be macking on Halsey or like, or if that's just going to, no, he's like, they just told him, um, I don't know, we've got some time to kill. Just can you be creepy? We're not going to do anything with it, but just like really sell that you're creepy. If, if creepy <laughs> what he was trying to sell, he oversold it. He oversold <laughs> it, okay? I thought, I thought he was going to keep her dead clone body and do bad things to it instead of dunking it in the yeah. fish tank. You 100% got the expectation that if if that car- if that person got the chance, they would probably do a lot worse than what we've seen. You know, it was like that's, that's why you that's have extreme. cameras in the operating rooms, people. Cameras. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Actually, can I can I actually use that to make a point that um, in the first three episodes there was a number of of scenes that they went out of their way to show, which I kind of felt they were trying to make the point. Like, um, like I'll give you an example: the the child murder scene. They beat the child and then murder a child in front of the viewer, which is kind of not anywhere where any of the Halo games have ever went. I yeah, they're, they're definitely, uh, I mean, they set you up like almost immediately because it's like, what, 10 minutes in, uh, all of um, Quan's friends get gibbed. Because uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's actually like what happens. Like, oh, you have plasma. It would like boil the water from you, your body and explode. And like, it is super graphic. And it's crazy that they just blow people's heads off immediately. And it's also interesting that uh, like the, the quote unquote gritty, this is not a gritty show uh in terms of its presentation um it's just interesting that we like when there was going to be a halo film back in 2006 and neil blomkamp of uh was it district nine or is district 13 district nine district nine was going to do it and he was going to like try and shoot it like a found footage war film and have like all these as as much as i might not like the chief point of view shots having point of view shots from the gun's perspective is infinitely worse. And that would have no doubt ended up in the Halo movie if Blomkamp had actually made it because it ended up in District 9. Uh, so it's, in some ways, it's very, it's hearkening back to, yeah, in that they have a guy get, um, and they, they ended up shooting some test footage and they used it for marketing for Halo 3. And there they have like a ODST just get his, brains splashed on the side of a thing because a brute hits him with a gravity hammer so in some ways it is actually kind of going back to the the ultra violence my question is is how sympathetic is the average viewer like like the new viewer the the virgin viewer how how is their expectations calibrated to see the the so-called good guys be absolute pieces of it's like humanity in the halo show even in the first three episodes humanity is terrible they can't deserve What's coming to them? You know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, I think that's. I think you just kind of root for Quan to some degree, and then for Master Chief to figure out what's going on, and then like, you know, clean house or something. Because you kind of, you're, you're now you kind of have three, three parties. You have the insurrectionists and everyone kind of living on Garbage Island and Quan, and then you have the UNSC, who are very brutal, very utilitarian, very willing to right, excuse sacrifice me. I, lives. I should point out they're not on Garbage Island. They're on space island okay space garbage island space garbage island and then the unsc again utilitarian kind of utilitarian utilitarian jackasses and then we have the covenant who seem to be very like religious and like zealots like kind of like yeah zealots yeah. and kind of mysterious because at this point you don't know what exactly they're looking for that you just know the Whatever they believe in, they believe in that very well. They're they're very dedicated to their beliefs, whatever they are. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's kind of the the gist that I'm getting. So I yeah, I can see where some people would look at this and like I have no one to root for. Yeah, that's the thing. The average viewer has no one. To, I, I I like this this person's in the right. There's no one in the show so far that's like 100 percent in the good side. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think. Quan's close, but she's also just operating with like obviously a painful level of naivete, like which I assume is going to get beaten out of her when she shows back up on Magical. Um, but yeah, I guess that is sort of. I don't think I'm. It's yeah, like if you 
don't know anything about the series and you're like, I just assumed it was a green guy who shoots aliens, that might confuse you. Because there has been very, aside from the opening thing, there's been very little of shooting aliens in this show. I assume, I assume we're way saving it because it's expensive to do. But um. I feel like they're just uh, starting with character development and learning more about Chief's past. Master Chief is a little bit more, a lot more emotional than I thought he would be. <laughs> Since we're talking about Master Chief and his betrayal, well, obviously there's going to be a massive disconnect from where the games, the games present Master Chief as a, as a void where the player fills that void, obviously. And the, the shows can't do that. You can't, you can't rely on the viewer to fill a void for a character. And I think they've, they've obviously staked their claim, like this is what Master Chief is and this is how we're going to betray him. And I think that presents a lot of difficulties for the, for the game viewer. Like you have expectations of what Master Chief is based on your own. And going mm-hmm. as a blank slate, you have a better opportunity to appreciate how they present that character. Does that make sense? No, it, it's, I was rewatching Halo Forward Unto Dawn and there I actually kind of feel like I liked the chief more and that he, cause he was very much like you understood he was, he was like, Oh, he's a giant robot that I was, everyone's kind of scared of. But then he, he shows through his body language. Oh, he's, he's not a robot. He cares. Um, and here, I mean, I think lots of people were expecting sort of like a Mandalorian thing where he, he keeps his helmet on, but even with the Mandalorian, he's taking his helmet off all the time now, guys. It's like, maybe we could have done a gone, like, more than three episodes before we see Chief's bare ass. Yeah, I, I, I appreciated that. <laughs> you wanted you wanted equal opportunity. Uh, someone someone I did see say like, well, as soon as we like saw like Maquis like back and her scars, I knew we were gonna just get man ass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, you were right. To be fair, it was the a way- good man ass. It was a good man ass. So uh, he's physically portraying him very well. The way modern media works, so we, we can't have man-ass without side boobs. As soon as we've seen the side boob, man-ass was a guaranteed lock-in, <laughs> you know? Guaranteed man-ass. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an unwritten rule. Um, yeah, but I think... Oh, we've, we've kind of been wandering all over on this. But yeah, it's... I do think to... I guess to shift to like where... What we think to pull it off at the end of these episodes where they have, what else they have to do. I think they do chief discovering his humanity or whatever is one thing, but I do. And I guess Cortana becoming a good guy or being on his side will help. But I do think at least Miranda keys needs to like fight back against the UNSC in some way that you do need. Like we were saying, you need the, to show that it's not all a bunch of terrible space fascists. Um, (laughs) Can I that's, just com- that's kind can, of what I'm hoping for. Can I, can I just say at this point, someone please give Miranda Keys like um, some independence. Like the only thing Miranda Keys has done so far is being annoyed that her mom has been treating her like shit, and her daddy has given her an opportunity to not feel like. Shit. Like that's the entirety of Miranda Keys' is our like plot over the past three episodes. And I can't feel it does a disservice to her agency as a as a character that she's she's only reacting to her mom. And then using her dad to get back to her mom. And that feels or, like... or parents Gosky is using her to get back to her mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels weird. You know, it feels like Miranda Keys as a character doesn't really exist. She she exists as a reactionary figure to react to her parents. And that kind of takes away from her being anything. Like I have no idea what Miranda Keys wants for herself. 
I just know what she wants based on what her parents think. Well, hopefully she'll come into her own more in the later episodes. Since right now, there are so many characters for them to introduce, and everyone's kind of setting up for their own journey somewhere. So she hasn't left the ship, and she hasn't really gotten the purpose yet. So I think maybe in the coming episodes, when everyone is kind of doing their own thing, they'll kind of focus in on her a little bit and be like, yeah, she's not just dealing with her mommy issues. That would make all the sense, and I really hope you're right, because that would actually make make sense for where they've presented her so far, because so far it's very frustrating to see a character just being so beholden to the mm. limited plot development of other characters. Like, come on, be yourself, do something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's definitely my hope, that uh, Miranda gets more to do. I do want to see... Uh, I mean, I think Soren's probably going to run around kicking some butt, but I want to want to see him out doing things. Um, oh, by the way, we're gonna... David, can I just say right now, if Soren doesn't bitch slap someone with his bad hand, I'll be very disappointed. I, I fully expect a, a complete, utter badass scene where he just bitch slaps someone and disintegrates him with his overpowered disabled hand. That has to be a scene. Actually, I was I was vaguely disappointed with... Uh... We had at the end of this, uh, the third episode, we have Master Chief rediscovering his feelings um, because he's just got, and I had to explain to, to Ashley, like, no, he, they never, they were not, like, the whole thing about, the, they're very, very, going in a very different way here where they are, the UNSC is trying to treat the Spartans as machines, as hardware, as much as possible, um, and Cortana being her origin, being that, is is an interesting choice. Can I just say, as a game fan, I actually appreciated the change in the lore, like the fundamental change to the Spartans' characters and identities, that they are literal machines until something happens. Like the Chief becoming more human via the Forerunner artifact is a really kind of hokey plot point, but in terms of changes from the established lore, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that it makes sense for these horrible inhuman killing machines to be inhuman killing machines because what what are they doing i mean yeah they are they are pretty well adjusted all things considered for being child soldiers yeah Um, yeah yeah you're right and i think that's that's that was also probably a choice made because yeah like for the person i does the random person who just knows master chief from halloween costumes and stuff does he know that there's a person in there probably not uh, and so you're kind of just working from the assumption that they are like, oh, it's just a cool guy who kills aliens and doesn't afraid of anything. Yeah, um, 100%. 100%. I mean, even when you were playing the games, though, you do get a sense of Master Chief's personality over time. Um, but I feel like the per- the way they portray Master Chief in the series, it's really in your face how just angsty he is. And from the get-go, too. And okay. Is I don't that know, a bad I thing? Don't... Is that a bad I, thing, though? I just think it's too in your face. Like, Master Chief was a little bit more subtle. Like, you you knew he was struggling with some stuff, but he wasn't doing the equivalent of sighing and being like, what's wrong? <sighs> Nothing. You know, like, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from Master Chief in the yeah, show. But the difference is, whenever you get that impression from the game, that's, that's literally in between level 1 and level 2. If you're shooting 500 random aliens in the face, then shooting 500 more aliens in the face. Like, there's a disconnect between like the expectations and time delivery of how a TV show would deliver those points versus whenever you're in a video game. In a video game, you need every 5 seconds to be doing something. In a, in, a, in, a, in a TV show or a movie, you need to allow the characters to 
impede and impart that sort of conveyance of, of plot and story without your ability to impact it, if you know what I mean? So you don't get the immediate sort of reward of, I killed aliens and here's my reward for it, versus mm. here's 10 minutes of a very prolonged scene of this character imparting the same information without that sort of nice nicotine hit of, well, you did the thing and here's your reward for it. Yeah, I guess I will just have to continue watching to see whether or not this kind of portrayal grows on me. If the if the angst is earned for you. Hmm. We will see. I mean, it, it is releasing weekly, so I feel like I'm waiting for something and getting that nicotine hit. Yeah, Jones in for it. Remember when they, they made stuff for streaming and they just dropped it all so you can binge it? Oh, God. I miss yeah. those days. And now they've realized, wait, this is a terrible idea. We want to like keep the buzz going by having it drop weekly. Like it makes sense for what they're doing. It's just, yeah, we have to wait till mid May to see it. But I am I am definitely hopeful. And I definitely think the biggest criticism I've seen is that for better or worse, like the changes where they have made are one hundred percent intentional. Um it's not like these guys didn't read halo because if you like go through um and halo canon on youtube has a great like episode by episode breakdowns of this there is like a reference to the meg easter egg from halo combat evolved like that is a super obscure random little easter egg that yep. no one would know about and it's in there like they these they clearly know like down to like specific the planets that they had show up uh they have they have definitely put in their homework uh, and they're making choices as a long-term fan, a lot of the initial criticism of the show was during um, during the pre-release hype, the showrunners gave some interviews. In one of the interviews, they sort of said pretty clearly that they didn't play the games prior to doing the work on the show. And I think people conflated their admittance of not playing the games to not actually understanding the plot of the games and not understanding you know, the basics or setup of what the games present. And a lot of people conflate not playing it directly with not understanding and not making reference to that. And I, I, I don't find that to be a valid criticism because if you watch the show, you can tell there's there's so many deep cuts and deep changes where the, you can tell someone obviously paid too much attention to the overall universe. There's no way that you could have got to where the show is with not paying too much attention. And I think as a surface level criticism of, well, the showrunners didn't play the game so they don't understand what's happening, I don't think that's valid. I think that's a misinterpretation of where fans want to criticize the showrunners for something they aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see where it goes. And if those people will be happier when they've, they've finally seen everything. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts? I am. Well, one thing. You guys don't think we'll see the flood at all this season, huh? Season five. So. season five, season five. I can't wait five. for season five. Oh. Season five. I mean, they we'll, they we'll do. They, <laughs> they they actually like one of the the things uh, Halo Cannon brought up was that they they specifically mention uh, containment stuff, which in the Prime Canon is all about the flood. But I think that's just kind of an Easter egg for like. Yeah. I, I I have zero as, as a game fan. I have zero expectation of flood being relevant to the show until it's past being firmly established. Because we won't care what happens to these characters. We won't care about the body horror aspects that the Flood represents in the games. Like, that won't be relevant until we're well past the point of deeply caring for a number of characters. And to say that we're not there after episode 3 will be an understatement. Yeah, I think it's it's season 2 thing. Although, like, considering, like, yeah, they've 
we're killing kids and blowing up people's heads and sticking them with eyes. I, I am super excited to see them pull that off in a, I mean, not technically unrated, but a TVMA for streaming oh, only. A hundred, cool. a hundred, if you're willing to kill children for entertainment, there's no holes bars anymore. Like, I can't wait until he gets to that point. I did laugh when we were watching the, the flashbacks because there was that moment where you like the, the dad's explaining, oh, we're going to, you have to go bury it or whatever. And we've, now we're like, oh, well, it's, it's Chief just remembering that he buried this artifact. There was this point where I was really concerned that, especially since you have to see his dog and then you don't see his dog, that he had to like, his dog had to like kill his dog and bury it. I was like, wait, this is this is really going a different I'm so, path. I'm so glad. I actually thought it was the dog. I thought the dog was the important <laughs> thing that was buried and that he had trauma over and it was actually just a stupid artifact. I'm so happy it was <laughs> We have not killed the dog. We're not Yeah, that's we're not that's a that whole far. other level of children, yeah, whatever. Dog. <gasps> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad because me 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 and Ellen when we were watching that, we genuinely thought it was the f- dog. Like, what the we did the per damn dog in these flashbacks <laughs> well we will see um we'll definitely once everything wraps up in may we'll we'll talk about it um so thanks for for coming on ashley and providing your valuable perspective well thanks for having me on this has been pretty fun okay um that wraps up the show today uh, and so show notes and links for this episode as well as articles and more can be found on our website forwardtodonald.com you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Check out our videos at YouTube uh, slash Forward Unto Dawn. Or follow us on Twitter for updates on all our content at the handle at Forward Dawn. Thanks for listening and see you next time.